welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of direct video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Not Without My Daughter. Without my daughter, Betty Mahmoudi, played by Sally Field, travels to Iran with her young daughter and husband, played by Alfred Molina, to visit his family for two weeks. While there, Betty learns that her husband never intended to return to America, and her rights are extremely limited, meaning she is trapped in the country and needs to find a way back home. Screenplay by David W. Rentels, directed by Brian Gilbert, and released on January 11th, 1991. Have you seen Not Without My Daughter before? No, I have not. But I do remember this movie coming out and controversy around it. <laughs> I, 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 I definitely have heard of it. but And I know the cover from working at a video store. For whatever reason, I thought it was just a made-for-TV movie. I thought that's what this was. But it was theatrical. So aside from that, like... I don't know. Maybe it was like, like the controversy or maybe it was just like some of the other conversations around it made it seem like it wasn't as prestigious. I don't I, I don't know the right word. I think we're going to have a lot of trouble finding the right words throughout this entire episode. Perhaps this is this is a, this is a tough one. This one's a tough one to talk about. I almost didn't want to watch this movie because I like of what it's about. We have other movies that are also going to be difficult to talk about for other reasons coming up, I'm sure. Uh, but this is, let's just say it, there's racist aspects to this movie that are very much in the forefront and it's really hard to avoid that. That's in a lot of the criticism, even... Even from today, 91. yeah, even uh, uh, the Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert did like a very good. Even though he gave this a three out of four, but he he gave this like the what he said was correct. <laughs> I don't know if you want me to read part of it. Yeah, let's go into it. I, I saw like a snippet. <clears throat> I saw like a quote, but that's about it. Um, and I would say, like, just as a precursor, Ebert usually tends to give movies higher ratings if they evoke any sort of emotionality, regardless of what that emotionality is. So, anyway. Yeah, if you want to read it. Okay, this is just a paragraph. He said, Here is a perplexing and frustrating film which works with great skill to involve our emotions while at the same time making moral and racial assertions that are deeply troubling. It does not play fair with its Muslim characters. If a movie of such a vitriolic and spiteful nature were to be made in America about any other ethnic group, it would be denounced as racist and prejudiced. 
Yeah, I recommend that this film be seen for two reasons. One reason is because of the undeniable dramatic strength of its structure and performances. It is impossible not to identify with this mother and her daughter. And Field is very effective as a brave, resourceful woman who is determined to free herself and her daughter from involuntary captivity. The second reason is harder to explain, but I think this movie should be seen because it is an invitation for thought. Yeah. To the first point, there are a lot of movies that you could watch that do not have the racist aspects to it that you could watch instead and still get that uh, story. Yeah. That passion. To the second one, it's it's tough to say because, honestly, from my perspective, you already know which way you lean on that fence right like you you know when you're watching it if something is off-putting or you know uh doesn't doesn't mesh with your ideals either you are going to agree and say yes this is like encapsulating what i feel about our iranians altogether Mm -hmm. or you're going to watch this and be like that's not fair (laughs) Um, yeah so like it's not going to sway anybody i don't think it's going to open up those larger conversations except when you have critics openly saying hey yeah this is this is troubling um and at that point you don't need to watch the movie you could have other people say this is troubling and why i'm wondering why I know it's based off of her book. Yeah, that's that's what troubles me about this the most, I think, is because this is basically us using an individual as a whole. Yeah. Right? And this is based on a true story. This is something that, you know, I don't know all the details, but, you know, at least presented in I mean, this, this is like her side of the story. But, yeah, it, but, I mean, realistically, it does seem like she was held captive there's nothing that indicates that she wasn't right right? so like like yes this is something where she was duped into going to iran and then she was held basically captive there by her family uh against her will and she had no legal rights in iran even as an american citizen to get herself back out unless she were to divorce and then that would leave her daughter behind which she didn't want to do Mm mm-hmm so from that perspective, like there's not anything necessarily that was misportrayed in that sense of the beats of the story. But I think what happens is this movie, it almost does treat it like Alfred Molina's character is representative of the entire mentality of the country. Mm-hmm. And then I also read that this was an article or something that he was in in 2011, just like a Q&A that he did. And he said when he was in London doing some other show, um, someone came up to him and was like, hey, aren't you in Not Without My Daughter? And in him turning around, he thought that it was a fan. He was like, yes, I am. And the guy like, punched him in the face and like so it's either like from hatred or 
of how he portrayed this person or like because of what he did in the movie yeah because trigger warnings right because you have people being literally kidnapped held hostage and and there's spousal abuse in this movie yeah and he does that and what really makes it more difficult in the context of this movie is that the opening scenes they live a happy idyllic suburban michigan life in 1984 living near the lake they're all happy uh the dad is a doctor who is trained in america dealing with some super racist doctors in his hospital trying to be you know like he's you know the perfect dad on the surface from everything they portray and then as soon as he gets to iran everything changes and he becomes this monster from hell and so it's that it was uh, that was so confusing to me because you show them in this loving marriage they truly look like they are in a loving marriage even when they do go to visit for the two weeks yeah and then I don't know what changed unless his family was pressuring him to do this somehow. It's... Like, I don't know the change. I don't know if he was like, if he's like, you know, if he had this in his mind all along. Yeah. Or it like, you know, I'm going to gaslight her and make her love me or something. And then... um bring her to Iran and my daughter and then eventually I would stay there with both of them and then the real him appears or what? It's it's sort of a long con, right? Um, if, that's if what, that were to be um, the case, I don't necessarily think that's that is... That's what kind is. of confused me because even when he was sometimes being abusive, like when he locked her in that apartment for like days he like came back it was just kind of like like he wasn't i didn't understand like if you're gonna do that then commit to it you know what i'm trying to say well i mean it's it's really it's like hard he was to... like work like in his mind he was like i'm i'm wondering if like his family was pressuring him to be like no you gotta do this is you gotta like turn your wife into like converting into Islam, and then now she you have to make her as if all the other how the Islamic women and Iranians live during that time. But he's because there's even a point where when she's getting um, like she can't do anything. Her his family they live with his older sister, which I learned. And they oh, live you didn't it... pick that up in the movie? Yeah, that's his sister's house. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. at first. So, yeah. yeah there, there was... At first they go there, and then, you there know, he tells he her, the sister, the we're gonna sister. live here now, so... And then he just, like, she, you know, and locks... They... She herself locks herself, and she's like, I don't wanna... I don't know what to do. Like, she's just, like, in disbelief for days, and he's, like, making her eat. But she's being watched by her his family members at all times. So there's a point where she kind of um, sweet talks him like, hey, don't you want to live somewhere else? And then he 
He does do that. They move in with a friend. They move in with well, it's another relative. It's it's um they they live with uh, Nasserine and her husband who just had the the Their baby. baby. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what was his name? Was that Mamal? Yeah, I think because he was the one that was um doing all the translations for her. Like he's the only one that could also speak English besides. Yeah, like they, they just had a baby, but yeah, they, they don't get their own place. They still have their protection right. of, of someone monitoring. But she also makes up the story like, they need help with the baby. I could be the babysitter while everyone goes out to work. Mm-hmm. And that works on him. And But then he's still abusive. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pretend like I know what but, goes in the goes into the mind of an abuser. Me neither. But That's... like, I mean, it, there's there's obviously like this give and take. There's obviously a lot of insecurities in there. There's obviously a lot of, um, like I understand it to a, a degree, in that, yeah, he's abusive, but like if all she is is just like locked away for all time like how does that really benefit him he wants the family he just for whatever reason now thinks that he needs to exert physical control and like fear tactics on her in order to make that happen Mm. so it's not the dynamic that she wants and so she's trying to manipulate his emotions and be like hey yeah we could be a happy family and like pretend like things are okay which again i think is probably something that happens regularly in abusive yeah, like, situations. I'll just... I mean, we saw this... Anything to keep yourself feeling safer. Right. Like, um, I'll go along with your plan. Yeah. Uh, and, just so and, nothing else happens to me. So it's like, oh, you know, oh, you must have learned your lesson by now, so, you know, I can let you free for whatever, or give you, like, a little bit more leash. Yeah. Whatever it is, right? Like, you can go to the market, but you have to go with Nazarene. Right, um, like don't... Or you can go to the market, but you're not taking our daughter, you're taking the baby so that you don't run away. Right, like he... Because he, he, she's tried many times by that time. Yeah, so, so I mean, he has valid reason to suspect that she's going to run away because yeah. one, she said that she's planning to do that, and two, she's shown through her actions that she's going to find every opportunity to do that, but he still wants to believe that at some point he's converting her into this extremely submissive restrictive lifestyle um and the only way you can possibly test that theory is to test it yeah so i mean i i I get that from the, the the thing i think what's really troubling is that like how they went from loving family to that not only that but also showing like there's like an established family in America for four years, five years at least, right? Because that's about how old their daughter is. She has her five year birthday, birthday in Iran, and then later on we see her sixth year birthday also still there. But he's like an established doctor who has this job, and he's like you know listening to the classical music, and he's teaching his daughter to fish, and he's getting along well with the in-laws. Everything seems perfectly fine, and everything's like I'm gonna promise you your safety. I'm gonna promise you your safety if we go over there. I just want to see my family. I think it's something about the dichotomy of like, here's this person who in normal society is well respected, 
you know, this this doctor mm-hmm. with a family, and then this movie presenting like, see, you can't even trust the well-educated ones. You know, like that's 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 what really like irks the shit out of me about mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. And again, it's like this is a story that is true as far as we know, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have no reason to doubt that this is not a true story. So, but the movie presents it as if he is everyone. If, right. <laughs> like like he anyone who goes all. back to Iran is going to revert right quote unquote into that's, this animalistic this uh, movie portrays and and something that they they keep on saying on on sort of like both sides of this thing is like this is a backwards well she always they said, say it's a this, primitive yeah that backwards bothered me country. every time she said primitive it made me like and he says freak. it too to his family when, when he can't find a job in iran because he is trained in america yeah he says that to him all too he's like this is a primitive backwards country. I was like, like he says why the same thing. keep saying the word primitive? It's yeah, like it's, it's, making me roll my eyes. And no, I, it's, I don't know if it's that's, on purpose. But I'm wondering, I mean, obviously I didn't read the books because I'm not going to read like, there's like three books. Okay. I mean, she, she wrote this one and then she wrote um, like a sequel and then her daughter wrote a book. Yeah, her daughter wrote a book as well. So, I mean, I'm not There's gonna... also a movie... That tells His, Syed, yeah, Syed's, Syed Syed's. Borzog Mahmoudi's side. They don't they don't call him Syed at any they point. Call him they Moody. just call him Moody, which is you know a contraction of his or you know truncation of his last name. Um, that was produced in two thousand two. I don't know if it ever got any sort of English language release. It's um, on YouTube, but they're in parts. I I don't really want to watch that either to be honest me neither um but i mean i read a i read a review on it and i, I was going to talk about that later okay unless you want to no that's fine it. we're just saying that there's there's i there's didn't more to the yeah, story available yeah if you i didn't want to get like it. I, I after watching this movie i just wanted to know because i mean we were also like the same age as matav basically yeah, basically so i did not know like, vaguely, I knew, like, growing up, what was going on in Iran, but... I've, I've heard the name Ayatollah Khomeini. That's that's about as far as my knowledge yeah. goes. Right? But I had to, like, I had to listen to, like, eight hours of podcasts about, like, the history and, like, religions in Iran from 1800s to now to finally know what we were watching yeah, and, and I, I didn't want to like further go into his side because I, at that point I was like I I don't want to see his side but it's like yeah, it, he it, said she said thing it's yeah it's not a trial and like it, right like clearly like this... who's right or wrong I mean this is like according to her but I mean according to him it's like she he was saying that she was lying a little bit or like whatever but I mean, when doesn't the abuser say that? Right. So it's it's one of those things where we know that she wasn't expecting to stay there forever. That she thought it was just a vacation. I think in the real life situation, she knew a lot earlier than when they were planning to go to the airport. Because in the movie, she finds out when they're about to leave for the airport that they can't leave. 
And then that's when Moody, like, completes his deception and basically saying, hey, you know what? Actually, we're going to stay here. And I thought you'd be happy, but since you're not, I'm going to now get violent. Right. So, and then he's like, oh, by the way, I took your passport and all yeah. of our passports and everything else and our luggage and you can't go anywhere. So goodbye. Yeah, oh, and then like, by the way, I was fired from my job and that's why we're here at the end. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, and in she's disbelief. like, well, we can find other jobs. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there are like little hints up to that point to show that he's deceptive which I thought was just like a weird character choice or a weird scripting choice and not actually foreshadowing anything because I didn't know much about the whole story. Uh-huh. Like again, I knew the I knew the box of the of the video. I never knew more than that. I didn't know it was about like them being held captive by his own by her own family. I thought she was just like stuck in the country for whatever reason. Like maybe like war torn, maybe an explosion happened yeah, and they he got died separated and they got, yeah, exactly. That's what I thought might have been the case. So, like, when I was writing down my notes, <laughs> like, I'm like, this is weird. Like, why are you, like, not telling them about these customs? Why are you not, like, giving her the full information about why she needs to wear the Shador? Like, why are you not talking about, like, you knew that you were going to have to, like, jump over the slaughtered lamb. If they were... Why did you not warn yeah, them? Yeah, she... Because, okay, well... He does say, like, when they first get there, his family buys her, like, a hijab immediately. Like, she has to wear it because that is now the law. Yeah. Before, when he lived there, he moved away maybe, like, 20 years prior to go, um, Mm -hmm. to get his medical degree and he studied, he studied in London and then he went to the United States. Yeah. And he got his doctor. Doctorate. Yeah. I mean, he was really smart. He worked like for NASA and stuff like that. And, um, so he was, he moved to the United States in the sixties, but he said when he was there prior to that, it was very westernized. Yeah. And so then he, he tries it, to play it off, but like he did actually know. He yeah, just he didn't knows. Want to say I mean, he in has movie, been. He in, didn't want to say. He has been. In, yeah, he didn't. He was withholding all of this. He was this, very much withholding key information. Like he wanted time. her to get in trouble. Yeah, it almost seemed like that that was the case, uh, because I mean they they get like stopped and basically attacked at gunpoint by you know roadside militants because her hair is not fully covered yeah it has to be fully covered like she had her bangs showing it has to be fully covered really upset with her about this whole situation yeah and she doesn't she doesn't really know the language so she's like what the hell's going on right now yeah but like at the beginning too like i you know they play him off to be like this loving father and she he's telling the story of aladdin to his daughter and like that's like sort of like the first little bit it's like, well, if we go there, we could look for his cave because, you know, Aladdin's Persian mm-hmm. and I'm Persian. And, like, the daughter at one point is like, Daddy, do I hate Americans? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, of course not. But, like, I mean, the, the, around that time, this is where... There's a lot of political stuff happening political that stuff. is... You had the, the Iran-Contra affair, which I had to look up because Yeah, that you happened. have to know that context beforehand because the movie does not give it to you no you see like little like you see a little bit of like the propaganda murals of ayatollah on different buildings you see a couple anti-us sentiments but yeah, really not he, too many surprisingly he, 
Um, but there's there's not much to explain things other yeah, than he you called, know that it's extremely restrictive. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, he referred to the United States as the great Satan. So he is telling all these people... Ayatollah, not Moody. Yeah, Ayatollah, yeah. Like, the... Because the, he became the new supreme leader because they did an Irani Islamic revolutionary. This was in the 70s. And he became the supreme leader and a religious leader because back then it was like, you know, it became more of a theocracy. So it was under the Quran. Whatever the Quran says is law. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, it wasn't the the person who was in charge before was, you know, wanted to be westernized. Yeah. And they sort of talk about it like when Betty goes to the consulate, you know, the woman that she's speaking to, Nicole, she was saying how, I mean, now under this new rule, women are basically have no rights <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah not only that like when nicole is is talking to uh to betty she's saying you are an iranian citizen and even betty didn't even US, know that but because you married an iran uh, an, an iranian, iranian man you are an iranian citizen and you have no rights you cannot right. leave yes and he has your passport so unless you get that passport you have no chance. You are an but Iranian he also has woman. to sign off on your travel. Right, yeah. So she has to be smuggled out of the country, is what it turns out. Uh, and, and there is a way that she could possibly get out of there, which is divorcing the husband. But that would mean that the rights to the children go to him. She does, yeah, she does not want that because so she also say, learns later on the movie that little Iranian, like Iranian girls get sold off into marriage as young as the age of nine and i mean at this by the time they leave she's six uh matab yeah so they they were there for a year and a half almost two years yeah we understand that there are a lot of uh troubling politics at play that's not what we're having issue with we're having issue with the fact that moody is being used as a yeah. Conduit for... Um, like all Iranian like, men. Yeah, basically saying that the this entire country, this entire civilization is full of nothing but terrible people, basically. And, I mean, just re- I was reading other articles about how this movie just, you know, it's a fear-mongering movie because women became afraid... American women became afraid of falling in love or having a relationship with a man who was from another country country yeah not because you even can't Iran. even trust the doctors with stable right. relationships for five years so they're gonna turn it's on like, you too right right it's just turned into this racist movie yeah and, and here's the other thing about it is like this movie does show that not all of them are bad people because when she's going through and getting smuggled across yeah, there, are there are definitely people, people who are helping really her. helping her out of the goodness of their hearts and putting themselves in major danger. Right. But we see that. That is not the majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you are led to believe that it is the vast minority. Like, these are the exceptions to the rule that she happened to be able to find after a, mo- a year and a half. Right? 
when in reality there have to be a lot more normal people who are just I don't know what there are assholes everywhere like we see in in America this is obviously a different level of asshole but when right. he is a doctor just in the break room reading his paper that there are super racist doctors playing pool openly talking about him like in, in these extremely negative condescending ways right and he just gets like rolls his eyes and gets up and leaves yeah i mean he can't i understand like his point of view about how he's being treated there yes and even some of the language that that betty says before they even get to iran and like some of the things again it's just like this I didn't write down the exact language, but yeah, basically just saying that it's like primitive, backwards country. Yeah, that's just like such a backhanded. Like you're taught, this is your husband's country that he yeah, can't, like, like really dismissing his <clears throat> entire culture. Yeah, it's it's it, it just it's it's tough. And then there's like the whole concept of they're showing the prayers a lot too. They're showing a lot of people praying. Um, because when they're in Iran, you know, a lot of a lot of Muslims are there, and well, they yeah, have a lot of different prayer part rules. Of their, yeah, and so there's like this almost religious battle too, because she prays the Christian way with her daughter, um, yes, yeah, secretly, secretly, and all this kind of stuff. So, like, there's that little battle too of like, oh, well, this is clearly the right way to pray. Right. Yeah. yeah um, this is how you're supposed to pay, pray, like the Christian way. Even when, like, at the very end, like, I was just rolling my eyes where, like, at the very end when they do get smuggled out of the country and they walk up and they see the American flag and they're like, oh, yay, America. Like, oh, we're home. Yeah. Here's what I'll say in terms of, like, Roger Ebert's first point. There are quite a few scenes where there is a decent amount of tension. Yeah, I mean, I knew that they were going to go back home because of this book, but... Yeah, but there are I a was lot like more starts and scared. stops than you would expect it to, and it is still tense. You still yeah. fear for them. Yeah, because of how, the way she did it is, I mean, I'm surprised that it happened. Yes. I mean, I, I know that some of it's fictionalized. Um, I guess, actually, you know, like, the the real story, it was, like, in the dead of winter and had to go through like this extremely yeah the mountains and difficult the cold, cold and they couldn't film it that way and so they changed it to a desert setting instead um i honestly think also at no point in this movie do you have subtitles for any of the farsi that's spoken no yeah and i think that's a very effective choice in terms of tension right because yeah, there, there's a don't. lot there's especially in the early stages you know like they come to the airport um, or they get off the plane at the airport and they're just mobbed by his entire family and it's just a chaotic scene where everybody's extremely happy and they're all around each other and then like the next scene they're in the house and they're arguing about whatever yeah we whether don't it's even like know. politics or culture <clears throat> or whatever it is like we have no idea and so there's a whole bunch of different like infighting amongst the family about a lot of yelling amongst the family when she's trying to escape there's a lot of talking that we don't know anything of what's being said, and that definitely helps the alienation and the tension aspect of it. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't excuse some of the rest of it. Uh, 
I don't know. It, it, it's such a difficult movie to talk about because, like, again, I don't necessarily think that this is, like, Betty's fault. I don't think that she shouldn't have written the book even. But, like, right. again, it's, like, the way this movie portrays, portrays things yeah. is the issue. And I don't know if that falls know if onto the writer, if it's David Mattel's, if it's or... Brian Gilbert's decision-making, or a combination know. of them. See, I didn't... I guess I didn't, like, really get into... Because, uh, I don't know if... Did, uh, Betty have any say about the screenplay, you know? I don't know. But... It's, like, I don't know. I I mean, it's not on her necessarily to even, like, make that decision and be like, oh, I don't want you painting all of Iranians in this negative light. Yeah, I don't know if that's how her book was written, you know? Right. To make it you afraid of Iranian men. Yeah. Or if this is how it was directed. Like, the director is just like, I'm going by the book. And this is how she wrote the book. But at the or, same time, like, I could see, like, if Betty feels that way, I could see why Betty feels that way is because she had that experience. Right. So I wouldn't fault her for feeling that way, but I would, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't, you wouldn't release a, a book for all of America to read? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't know. There are other stories that are, like, a lot of people have gone through this it's not like her only you know i think what helps make this something of a story that caught the media attention that it did in the first place to make it a bestseller and get to the point of the movie rights is that there are a lot of domestic cases where people are held against their will by their spouses right but we don't hear those stories it's not as interesting if they write a book because eh that's just, you know, like, it's not emblematic of the entire culture. So I think it's something about, like, society as a whole wanting to stereotype mm-hmm. and, and find these things. Or it's just such an unusual situation because it is something of a harrowing experience. She had to do with this very difficult journey. It's like this underground railroad type of a thing where she had to find, like, these the right contacts in order to escape her predicament. Whereas anyone who escapes in the U.S. doesn't have to travel across country lines. There's obviously something very unique about her story. And it also shows that, yeah, there are other people in that country who are also dealing with the same thing. We meet a couple of them in this movie. Yeah. Some of the people that she comes across, you know... Are in similar situations as her. Like, when she does go to... well. She goes to Quran school. She goes to Quran school, but I think, um, well, she is at a point in the movie, she is now accompanying Matab to school because she, like, Matab wants her to be there. Because, uh, like, yeah, and the, also, her father also, like, Moody is also trying to look for a job. Yeah, and also Moody believes. That the teachers will report back on anything that's negative that's happening. So yeah. she's, she's being watched. She's being she's watched. Being, like, it's another way for her to just be under the eye of somebody. Yeah. So she has to stay at the school the entire time. But the teachers at some point allow her to come in later to give her time to go, to give her time to go and do things like plan her escape route. They do that, but they also were like, you can't. They're like, we'll help you, but you can't do this here. Because she's like, okay, can I use a telephone? They're like, like no, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, you can't do any of this here. Right. But we will, like, they're just like, you can do this, mm-hmm. but not in front of us. Like, we know what you're doing. You're right. Yeah. But you can't but don't do don't implicate it. us. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, it's really interesting. Like, this movie doesn't really give you a good idea as to why she decides to trust the people that she trusts. Like, when she initially goes into the clothing shop and uses the phone mm-hmm. for the first time. She asks for change to use the phone. And the guy's like, no, you can use my phone. Like, why would you actually trust... Because she calls the embassy and tries to get Nicole to help her with something. Yeah. While he's clearly listening in. Yeah. And this is your first interaction with this guy. Why would you trust him? him. Yeah, he, he could have been... Like, at all the other... Like, he could have been, like, moody and... Or that other guy that... Uh, I can't even think of his name. The the other woman... The other American woman that she met. Yeah, Ellen's like, husband. I don't Yeah, her know husband. I don't even know if they even... She, she's trying to get help from just about anyone in that... But, yeah, he could have been like that and, like, told on her. Unless she's just, like... I don't know. If she's continually at her wit's end and wants to, you know, like... If she gets caught and killed, then like, she gets whatever. caught and killed. But, but we don't know that that's her mentality. Because then, she, when she does make that the first call from her the Moody sister's house, she's uh-huh. whispering. Like, how come she could have been whispering in front of this guy or, you know, gone into a corner uh-huh. to talk to the consulate? But yet uh, yeah. he overhears and he's sympathetic to her story and he's like, hey, I want to help you. You can, every time you come shopping here, you can use the phone, whatever, anytime. Yeah, and that really leads to the chain of events where she meets that guy's sister, Miss Nasimi, And then at some point, Hussein gets involved who is, like, the one who's, like, actually coordinating. But I don't know how that all gets set up. Because it's not it's not the shopkeeper who's the ringleader. It's this guy Hussein. Yeah, he, and I all think of a sudden he just, he's just knows. There. He just knows who these people are. Yeah, and it's at some point, now Betty's talking to this guy. Right. So, okay. And, like, the sister and that guy are successfully smuggling people out of the country. Yeah. Like, mostly women. It seems like mothers. Because when she does first go there, she gets into a car with another woman and their child. Mm -hmm. But we don't see what happens after that. I guess during her trying to work with... I don't know how long... I know she's been there like a year and a half, but I don't know how long from when she got help from that shopkeeper time to the time she left. I don't know how many days, weeks, months... Yeah. Go by. But throughout... It's, it's at least six months, because at some point they do have a title card that says six months later, and it's Matab's sixth birthday. Okay. So, and then... Yeah. It, it, and, then, then she, and then it's Christmas, and they're supposed to leave by Christmas, and that didn't happen, so then it got pushed back to January 29th. So but like, then it, she gets a like call from her father that he's extremely he's ill and dying, and that's when Moody tells Betty... I will let you go see your dying father, but you have to go alone. You're not going to take Matab with you. Right. 
but he it turns into this whole thing where he's like you have to leave on this day Mm-hmm. And she's stalling because she already has a day from these other people, like January 29th or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, I want you to leave January 23rd. And she's stalling. She's like, doesn't it take a few days for you to get the papers and whatnot for my um, passport and whatever? And he's like, I know someone, and I got it expedited. So you're go- you're leaving this day, whatever. Right. Like, he's forcing her to go. Yeah. And also showing that he was completely full of shit the first time around. Right. And they could have left at the end of two weeks if they wanted to. If he, if he wanted them to. Yeah. So it, it's showing those two different things. Um, so, yeah, basically they have to... She has to just leave. She has to basically, like, create a distraction leave with uh with Matab and like hide for a few days until she's able to like get her travel arrangements all right set, basically um and then she's yeah she's smuggled across the country in, in multiple different ways and in cars and jeeps and other precarious situations and um until yeah. she's in the middle of turkey it. In, in an empty street and she sees the American flag on the embassy that's actually in Turkey. Because yeah. in Iran, there is no American embassy at this point. She was going to the Swiss embassy, yeah. which was the closest they could get. Um, and that was it. So yeah, she sees it. We're home. Credits. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen Woody's side when he finally figures out that she left. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Or, and then I would also like to have seen, I mean, during the credits, you get, um, the title cards or whatever saying, you know, Betty and Matab successfully made it back to America. They live in Michigan, but like they do like a little blurb blurb where they are at, as of 1991, you know? Yeah. And also just saying that, you know, there are so many other people who are still, yeah, there's other women that trapped are going through the same thing that she did, and that was it. Here's here's the thing: like you have decent actors in this thing too, which I think helps and hurts it. Like it's it's weird that Sally Field and Alfred Molina decided to do this movie. Maybe it was presented to them in a different way. Maybe it's just, yeah, 30 years ago, they are like, oh, yeah, let's stick it to Iran, because, like, they might have had the political context that, like, and they had certain views. I don't know. But, I mean, I what really held the movie together was Matov's performance. <laughs> like, yeah. That, that's, like, one of the best, like, toddler age actors we've seen. Yeah, we have a lot of good child actors that we don't see like the little girl in the rapture like we don't yeah see yeah they don't do much of anything these else actors or actresses after this yeah and uh yeah, she she did an amazing job with this situation extremely difficult material and it it like a lot of the emotions that you feel in this movie are through her and that's obviously by design too um that you know you're supposed to really resonate with Matab and, and, you know, want her saved more than anything. Why don't we get into the cast and crew and everything, and then I know we're going to talk a little bit more about the historical context of the movie. 
So it was theatrically released. It was actually something of a hit. Uh, I, I don't know if it made its budget back necessarily, but I mean, it's in the top 100. It was made f- nearly $15 million. Um, so even with the, the bash backlash, it still performed better than a bunch of other movies we've seen. Uh, in terms of awards, just a couple to mention. One is the Young Artist Award winner for Best Young Actress, co-starring in a motion picture for... Sheila Rosenthal, who played Matab. Uh, also, Razzie nominated for Worst Actress for Sally Field. Which is That's weird interesting. Because she... she's not, it's not a bad performance from Sally Field. I it's think it's her just... doing what she typically does. She always plays the mom, I guess. Like, I mean, but she plays a as mom. Of these days, yes. Yeah, but I mean, during <laughs> not, this not time, really just seeing her in that... And um, Steel Magnolias, mm-hmm. you know, it's similar acting style because it's her going from being like this motherly person to kind of lashing out because she does lash out and get angry or start crying and stuff. But and I think she did it a fine job doing that. Yeah, I think this is just the Razzies trying to find some way to stick it to this movie. Is it? Because, okay, I thought this was a TV movie, and I thought... I yeah. And I thought, you know, around this time, you know, movie actors weren't TV actors, and that's what I thought the reasoning was because of her Razzie, but it wasn't. No. And I don't, I mean, I don't think she did bad no, I don't think she did either. Um, and she has previous nominations and awards under her belt. For instance, she is uh, Oscar and Golden Globe winner for Norma Ray in Places in the Heart. She was also Oscar nominated for Lincoln. BAFTA nominated for Forrest Gump. Golden Globe nominated for Absence of Malice. Kiss Me Goodbye. Murphy's Romance. Steel Magnolias. A Woman of Independent Means. Brothers and Sisters, the TV show. Uh, Emmy Award winner for Sybil, ER, Brothers and Sisters, nominated for Women of Independent Means, A Cooler Climate. Stinkers Award winner for Worst Fake Accent for Smokey and the Bandit 2. I've never seen a Smokey and the Bandit movie. Me neither. Um, Also, uh, a Stinkers Award winner for Worst Director for the movie Beautiful. Uh, Before this, she was in TV shows like Gidget, The Flying Nun, and then she was in other movies like Punchline, Amazing Spider-Man, where she played Aunt May. And then uh, we'll see her again in Soap Dish. Uh, this movie was directed by Brian Gilbert. BAFTA nominated for Tom and Viv. He's also done The Frog Prince, Vice Versa, Wild, about um, Oscar Wilde and The Gathering. David W. Rentals is the writer who's Emmy winner for Clarence Darrow, Fear on Trial, and Day One, also nominated for The Bold Ones, The Senator, Washington Behind Closed Doors, Gideon's Trumpet, World War II When Lions Roared, and Andersonville. So a whole bunch of politically oriented uh, historical material. That's like his wheelhouse. So he did not put a whole lot of that context into this movie. Betty Mahmoudi is listed as a... uh, writing the book as well as William Hoffer. I guess they co-wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, William Hoffer also has some other 
credits associated associated with books that he wrote, including Midnight Express and Falling from the Sky, Flight 174. Um, Alfred Molina, we saw him in Enchanted April. He's also in the 1991 movie American Friends. Uh, Sheila Rosenthal as Matab uh, only had a couple credits. She was in one episode each of Beverly Hills 90210, L.A. Law, and then Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. And then that is it. But she did get also like another young artist nomination for her guest spot on <laughs> on, on one of those shows. So mm-hmm. um, just a couple other people to mention really quickly. Nicole was played by Sarah Bedell. She was the um, very standoffish Swiss embassy worker. She was like nearly villainous at well as well at, at the first. Like she had like no sympathy at all towards Betty and almost like accusatory towards her. It was like very weird. Yeah, that's what. That's why I'm like, is that was that how she was written or? Like, I think she's meant to be like, like, like Betty was like, I didn't get help from anyone, even the consulate or something. Yeah, so or it's like she's heard this story so many times and her hands are tied, and so she's just like, like I can't wiped her emotions out of much. herself. Yeah, like she has no emotion anymore because yeah. she's seen it so many times that she's just like I'm numb to this I guess <laughs> I, don't I don't know but she's been in a couple notable things like Taming of the Shrew back in the day uh, the shooting party and then just visiting and then lastly I want to mention Hussein who again I don't know how he got fit into this whole thing he just became the main contact I, they could have like combined those characters and just had him be the clothing guy Hamid but anyway Hussein was played by Roshan Seth BAFTA nominated for his work on Gandhi he was also in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, another troubling movie from a racist perspective. Uh, he's also in A Passage to India, Street Fighter, where he played Dalzim, uh, Such a Long Journey, Monsoon Wedding, and also 1991's London Kills Me and Mississippi Masala. So that's about it. I mean, a lot of the actors um, were not in a whole lot of things, or they're in other non-English language movies that I'm really not familiar with, so I don't know what other people watching, listening to this would be either. So, that's all we got for that. So we can move on to true crime and pop culture. Okay, well, the first thing is that this movie was released on January 11th, 1991, and it was the same release date as Todd Haynes' Poison. Yeah, that was on a film festival, so yeah, didn't just, have the same competition. Right. But a lot of the pop culture stuff I already talked about. So I'm just going to like get into the books that Betty and Matab wrote just a little bit. And then um, Moody's response with his documentary. Oh, can I also... Sorry. Yeah. I, I just quickly remembered that it's not... She's not credited even on IMDb's page, but apparently Matab has a cameo in the movie. In the movie? Like, the real Matab is one of the women in the school. Okay. Like, you know, there's, like, a table oh, of, like, four the, people. Yeah, the one of the women that's, like, we will help you. Yeah. Obviously oh. not the older one, but she's, like, one of the four women who are, like, listening into the conversation at the school. Because there's, like, a table of, like, four or five women. Matab would have... Okay, she's, like, a year older than us. She would have been, like, 12. Yeah. So, okay. I, I, I'll i need to... When I pull screenshots... Okay. Hopefully I can find... I, I don't mean, know yeah. which one she's going to be. 
so I won't be able to, like, put an arrow or anything towards yeah. her, but um, she's apparently one of them. Okay. Anyway. Just right. wanted to mention that. So if we're talking about, like, sign-off from the Mahmoodies, then that's sort of yeah. minor sign-off, I guess, yeah. aside from letting it be made. Right. So, I mean, so Betty wrote a sequel to this book not without my daughter but this book was was released in 1986 and it was nominated for a pulitzer prize hmm. but in the book according to betty she denied several times that she was propagating a negative stereotype of iranians she explains that Iranians could not be placed into a single category of fanatical American haters. She also mentions that in several instances of women who were not mistreated by their husbands, but also maintained throughout the book the most of the that most of her, the smugglers who helped her out could not be trusted. Nevertheless, the book and the movie have been criticized by their representation of Muslim Iranians and their culture, but it still was nominated for a Pulitzer Prize. Um, her second book, and it's called For the Love of a Child, in the sequel, it's about Betty's, um, her cultural readjustment to America when her came back to America and then her constant fear of her husband taking revenge uh, her frustration with the legal system of unabling to not able to offer protection for her so the story just describes many encounters with others who have tried to escape that were in similar situations as her but um, yeah she did a lot of talks she was on random talk shows. When I went on YouTube, there are clips of her and Matab on talk shows talking about this in the 90s. And then in 2015, Matab wrote her side of the story, which is just called, her book is just called My Name is Matab. Her triumph over the trauma to build a life of peace and forgiveness from her father and then who has passed away at this point yeah he is since passed but in he passed away in 2009 2009 so i i'll get to it but i think his his movie was him trying to get in touch with his daughter hmm. this became her this became a best-selling memoir that was told of her mom and her daring to escape an abusive husband and father the daughter returns to tell her side of how they were imprisoned and escaped after fleeing tehran iran living in fear and reabduction, and her having reoccurring nightmares and panic attacks and she had to attend when they came back this is also her version of like they had to come back and go to school under false names because I think uh, her father did come back to try to get Matab mm. and um, this was in 2001 and because of 9-11 he was considered a 
quote terrorist, he was taken back to Iran. Before that, in 2002, Syed made this documentary with, it was made by an Iranian Finnish director by the name of Alexis Koros. And it's pretty much his side of the story. It, it's Moody defending his actions and telling his story through his perspective. But it also depicts his attempts to contact Matab. And then I read a review of the movie because I... I mean, it is on YouTube, but they're in parts. Mm-hmm. It's not the full documentary. I got this from Variety.com. It was a review about Syed's documentary saying that several striking bits of evidence challenged the portrait of both Iran and Moody in Betty's book. Her story is based on the assertion that the family went on a two-week visit to Iran only to be sequestered and stripped of her rights with no hope except a daring escape. However, Moody shows that Betty had bought size 12 dress for Matab, ridiculously large for a four-year-old before they left for Iran, suggesting that they would be there long enough for Matab to grow into it. Moody also says Betty knew full well they were moving to Iran for a while so he could use his medical skills to help fellow countrymen injured in the war with Iraq. So this is the, the other American that she met in the movie, her her name is Alice Sharif, who was an American in Tehran, who was married to an Iranian, and their daughter played with Matab, according to her. And then she adds that there was never a hint of Betty being beaten, as she claims in her book, and she pre- seriously doubts whether Betty and Matab could have crossed the mountains in winter without special gear. Sharif's husband says they could have left the country the normal way, whatever that means. Moody lost all his property in the U.S. where he lived for nearly 20 years and didn't learn he was divorced and forbidden to contact his daughter. He died at the age of 70 on August 23, 2009, and the cause of death was from renal disease. And it seems like they still, um, Matab and Betty, they have an organization that they help. It seems like they still do this, that they're helping women who have gone through what they went through. Because I did see that they have a Facebook page for it, for their group. Yeah. It's a worthy cause. I mean, we've talked about helping charities before that, that deal with women and children in crisis. So, I mean... We talked about that very early on with the Sleeping with the Enemy episode, yeah. and we can put those links on the website again here too, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of people in trouble, and you don't always know it. With that said, let's go ahead and move on to rankings and ratings. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Not Without My Daughter? I mean, I'm gonna give this a two. Yeah, this is a tough one to rate because, again, like, I, I try not to put my ratings, I don't know. Um, it, it's a lot about the filmmaking prowess, and I think that there is quite a bit there. I think what's really lacking is the script handling 
I think the, the, the lack of the nuance of yeah, this whole the thing, use the of presentation of some of these things. I don't know. That, yeah, there's, there's things that could have been done to kind of alleviate some of these racist concerns. They chose not to, and I think they chose specifically to stoke some of those fires. Um, but from a filmmaking perspective and from an acting perspective, it is relatively solid. On my zero to four star scale, I'm going to say it's a two and a half. Um, I don't agree with Ebert and that it's worth a watch for the conversation of it. Um, no, I mean... Because I don't think there is much of a conversation to be I'm had other glad than this, this will... I'm kind of glad this movie was not shown to me in my... Uh... Yeah, like religious religious classes or even like history classes because i i went on letterbox and people are giving this a one because everyone hates it now but someone said that this movie was shown to them in like a history class and i was like whoa okay Um, no that should not be done this um, is not a I, I don't think it's, portrayal of i don't think it's a one-star film i think it's above i think it's above tv movie quality but in terms of like actual story and what it presents within that that's that's no um every movie is worth watching once would you watch this again no not, I not a chance honestly um I'd rather watch more like historical information about that. I would Iranian want to Iraq watch Iraq like an actual. And... I just want to watch actual Iranian stories about you know the women that live there now or used to live there. Mm-hmm. Um, what it was like beforehand. Yeah, I, what if yeah, it, was it was like more westernized and you had like people in like the change like from when they did the revolution from in the seventies into the eighties. Mm-hmm. I would want to see, like, either fiction or documentary. I would want to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, but this, no, not a chance. If you out there do want to watch Not Without My Daughter, as of this recording in November 2023, it's available on Tubi, MGM+, Digital Rental, or VHS or DVD. As always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991 Movie Rewind or go to 1991MovieRewind.com for the full of Louise and more. Next week, we're finishing out our documentary series with The Doors. That's available on Prime, Paramount Plus, Fubo, Digital Rental, VHS, DVD. We'll see you then. Bye.